0: Hope you're all well. Can't believe we're almost uh, time to turn the clocks back again, hey? Two more weeks and we turn the clocks back. That's okay. There's season to everything, hey? Gotta admit, there's been a fantastic spring and summer that we've had, so come on. In the natural, in the natural. So let's believe for a for a fantastic winter. I want to see snow this, this winter. Who wants to see snow this winter? I love the snow, particularly if we're working from home. That would be awesome. Lots of snow, Lord. I like the snow. We're just going to hang out for a couple of minutes and let everybody get settled, dialed in. Um, I think we're on there, Sandy? Yeah, my uh, engineer has given me the thumbs up. We're on. <laughs> Oh, no, we stick to the same jokes. We're terrible. I'm sorry. We'll we'll try and think of some new ones next week. Anyways, we're we're on, and um, I hope you've all got a, a pen and paper, guys. It's really important to um, to make a note of the scriptures and go and have a look at them in your own time after we've after we've spoken, and um, go and feed on them them this week. And particular this word that I'm bringing tonight, Uh this is uh, we, we we're going to continue on with the fruit of the spirit. And like I say, we'll just give everybody a couple of minutes to get in. But we're going to be looking at this aspect of kindness tonight. And uh, and to me, I think it's one of the most powerful. Probably the most underestimated, but it's got to be one of the most powerful. This kindness. Man, this can change your day. This can change your life. This can change your eternity. Just one act of kindness. I think it's incredible. I love this, this, this quality, this characteristic. So... Make sure you've got something to write down the scriptures on so you can go and study them out for yourselves later. And uh, hopefully you've got a nice warm hot toddy with you now. It's getting a bit colder. And um, you're comfortable. Um, For those of you that weren't on Zoom this morning, um, we missed you. But um, we're praying for you. And um, remember that there is lots going on in the church. There's lots to be keeping in touch with during the week and so have a look in the email that we sent out to all of you I think you would have got it this morning um, and uh, because there's stuff on every day of the week almost. Mondays is Pastor Gina's Bible Study Tuesday is, is Talking Church, Wednesday is Connect Group, Thursday is Prayer Group uh, Friday night every other week there's, there's momentum for the, for, the, for the young kids, for the young guys. Um, Saturday you, ha- you have a day off. And Sunday is Church in the morning we're here in the evening. Come on, there's plenty going on. So so make sure you're, you're not isolated, hey? All right. That is now officially three minutes, and I think that's polite enough of us to wait. So let's get cracking, hey? Cool. Tonight, we will continue on with the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 is our text, and reading from the New King James Version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, a goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And so as I said, tonight we're going to be looking at, at this characteristic of kindness, this aspect of the fruit of the Holy Spirit called kindness. And like I say, I, I, I love this. I, I think kindness is the most powerful of all the, 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 the human virtues and qualities because just an act of kindness. Can, can change your day. Man, it can change so much when somebody is, is kind to you, those random acts of kindness. It's powerful, man. It's really powerful. So let's dig in to see what God has to say about kindness and why is it that kindness is an aspect or an evidence of, of the work of the, of the Spirit of God in your life. So Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30. Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30. Jesus speaking and he says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30 he says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That word easy is from the Greek word charestos. C-H R E S T O S charestos or something like that. And it means to be fit for use, to be useful. But it has implied virtue. It's good. It also means that it's manageable. And when used in relation to people, it means that it is kind, benevolent. So his yoke is is is, is, is useful to us. His yoke is kind, it is benevolent toward us. I just love this fact that Jesus says, you know, "Come to me." All those who will come to Him will find Him to be to be gentle and lowly in heart. You know, the the I find it so amazing that the Almighty God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, says, "I am gentle and lowly in heart." It's incredible. It just makes me think of that that account when when God appeared to Elijah. Do you remember in First Kings fourteen? 1 Kings 14, you can go look it up another time. And, and, and God um, is, 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 is speaking to Elijah, and, he, and uh, Elijah is, is um, hidden in the, in the cave, in the, in the, in the cliff. And, and God, God comes before uh, uh, Elijah, and before God appears, there's this, there's this mighty rushing wind. It's so powerful that, that it shatters rocks. I mean, a wind that can shatter rocks, that's powerful, right? And then comes this earthquake, and it tears the earth apart. Then comes a fire that just consumes everything before it. Just incredible, raw power. And yet the Bible says, but God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. But then the still, small voice comes to Elijah and starts speaking to Elijah. And here we see the Almighty. the, The one who has... Almighty means simply to have all might all power all power is his and yet when he comes down and he talks to his man to his creation he comes in a still small voice and Jesus says when you come to me the almighty the creator the all-powerful one I'm gentle to you I am gentle to those who come to me you know the bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God but to all who come to him, man, he is gentle and lowly in heart, and he will give you rest. And you will find that his yoke, that, 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 that rule, his law, his absolute authority on your life is absolutely made bespoke for you. It is fit for purpose. It is useful for you. There is kindness in it. You know, God's plans and purposes for your life take your pain into consideration, he takes your baggage into consideration. He knows your hurts. He knows your pain. He knows what you've been through. And he takes all of that into consideration. His yoke, that thing that he lays upon your shoulders, is fit for purpose. It is made bespoke for you. You know, when I was in the army, there was three sizes of uniform. Too big, too small, and out of stock. Well, God's not like that. His is tailor-made specifically for you. It's bespoke tailored, man. Oh, he loves you. His, his plans and purposes for your life take you, your personality, your character into, contra- into account. And you can't read this without, without remembering that, that, that contrast. When, when Jesus spoke about the Pharisees back in the day of his, of his, of his uh, mission on earth, and um, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 2 down to verse 7, we're going to read there. But you can make a note if you can't get there in time. Matthew 23, verse 2. Now Jesus is speaking to, to the, um, his, his disciples and he says, listen, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. In other words, these are the guys that have studied the law. Moses gave the law, they sit in his seat. They, they know the law. So he says, so therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do it. He says, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. Verse 4, he says, for they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. What a contrast. What a contrast to the way of God, who, who makes a, a, a yoke that is fit for purpose. But he explains why. He carries on down in verse 5. And he says, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best place at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. These are men who are lovers of self. They are harsh, uncaring masters regarding people just as a commodity, as a means of self-promotion. They are all head knowledge and no heart. To the point that even when Messiah came and appeared before him, they didn't recognize him. All head and no heart. You know, this is not like our God. This is, this, this is opposed, totally a contradiction to the way of God. God is kind, and kindness is an expression of selflessness. It's a condition of the heart. It's an expression of the nature of Christ. Kindness is, is, is like hospitable. To me, kindness is hospitable. You know, to be hospitable means that when you see a stranger coming in, and this is what I love about family church Waterloo, everybody says that they're made to feel welcome. Why? Because when you walk into a new place and you're on your own, and everybody else knows each other, you feel like you know the odd one out, don't you? The people come alongside the visitors to Family Church Level, and they make them feel at home immediately. They protect them. They draw them in. They, 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 they come around and they are hospitable. They are generous. They, they provide for the people that come. These are aspects of kindness that is genuine. It's not fake. It's not fake. Oh, be kind to them, honey, you know, in some um, false way. No, no, it's reality. People are kind. The people of Waterloo, for we love you guys, are, are kind. you you expressing the nature of Christ through you. Don't stop. Don't ever stop doing that. Because it's all about personal concern and care for others. And it comes from a place, I believe it comes from a place of of inner security, of inner strength. You know, where you don't have to just be grabbing and getting for yourself and protecting yourself like the Pharisees who, who had to hoard up for themselves and have the praises of men. To be seen. But we can be selfless. We can, we can trust that we are born again. We are, we are children of God. And we don't need to protect ourselves. I love the first miracle in the Bible. The first recorded miracle that Jesus performed. Is the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Where he turns water into wine. I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen. Go and watch it. There is such a fantastic portrayal of the wedding in, in Cana of Galilee. Um, I've looked at this many, many times over the years, I suppose, and tried to think, okay, Jesus, what was the purpose of this first miracle? Why was this your first miracle? And what was it? And every time I could only come back to one conclusion. There wasn't really any purpose. It was simply an act of kindness. It was God's kindness to the young couple who are starting out in life that he preserved their dignity he he preserved their honor you know there would have been such a stigma for these young guys they would have gone into married life with such a stigma that they didn't provide sufficient wine for all their wedding guests but jesus steps in and he provides for them not just ordinary wine, but the best wine, and they are honored this is what kindness does you know jesus says when you've seen me You've seen the Father. Three things that Jesus came to do. Jesus came to save us, for sure. Must have been the number one on his mission to save us. But he also came to reveal the Father to us. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And he came to show us an example. What it looks like for the Word to become flesh. We have got to, be, we have got to flesh the Word of God out in our lives. Jesus did this as an example to us. You see, love covers love protects what did jesus do at that wedding he protected he covered this couple he covered their dignity he protected them and you know what else i I see in this since in stark contrast to that text we read just a little while ago about the the scribes and the pharisees who who loved to be seen in the marketplace and be called rabbi rabbi the only ones who saw this were the servants no one else knew jesus said to the servants go and fill the, the water pots with the, the pots with water, and take them. And they were the only ones that saw the miracle. Not people that could shout out his praises in the marketplace, but servants. Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? So that's great. That's great. That was Jesus in, back in, in, in his earthly mission, um, doing it for this couple. But what about you and I? Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 rather, verses 1 to 7. Ephesians... Sip of water, Ephesians. Ah. Okay, try again. Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. So what about us, you say? And you, he made a laugh, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom... Also, We also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. You know, I've got that saying in the world, but by the grace of God go on. (laughs) We were just as the others. We were living, fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. We were by nature children of wrath. But verse 4, verse 4, but God, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Here's the whole whole deal, church. God is rich in mercy. And because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he doesn't stop there. He says in verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know, God's kindness didn't just do the minimum to, to get us saved. We were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive. By grace, we were saved. It wasn't just the minimum. He didn't stop there. But he then raises us up. He seats us with Christ. We are accepted. We are adopted in the beloved. We become heirs of the kingdom of God, co-heirs with Christ, although we did nothing to deserve it. We were, we were children of wrath, just as the others, but God. But God's kindness, church. Come on. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. One of the most wonderful Psalms in the whole Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my sins? Who heals all my diseases? I know it says that, who who forgives all your iniquities, who forgives all your diseases. Well, he's talking to us. So we can personalize it. You know, the Bible is written to Timothy uh, 3.16. All all scripture is God-breathed and given for inspiration, for reproof, for the man and woman of God. So we can learn from this. This is written for us. So when he says forgives your iniquities. It is your iniquities. It is your, your your diseases that have been forgiven, that have been healed. He redeems your life. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Isn't that wonderful? He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases, redeems my life, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfies my desires. All about me, me, in spite of me, me, in spite of me. Absolute kindness. This is love and compassion and action. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, Kindness is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Is that kindness reveals the nature of Christ being formed in you. Kindness identifies you as a child of God. Luke 6, verse 35. Luke 6, 35. Jesus speaking, says, But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. We love our enemies, we do good to those who hate us, that we might be like our Father in heaven, who was kind excuse me, to the unthankful and the evening. This is the why. This is the why. As Pastor Steve would always say, this is the why behind the what in Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 2, we see that he forgave us all of these things. He raised us up and seated us with Christ. That is the what he did. But this is the why. Why? Because he is simply kind. God is kind, church. (laughs) He raises us up. This is his motivation. (laughs) God is love. And 1 Corinthians 13, you know that wonderful love chapter that we all had read at our weddings? God is love. Well, love, 1 Corinthians 13, love is kind and God is love. And we need to remember whose we are. We need to remember whose we are. And that, that thought just, just, just brings to memory that, that occasion in the, um, in the Gospels when the disciples are, are walking with Jesus, and they, they're going up to Jerusalem. Jesus knows that his time for his departure is at hand. So they're going up to Jerusalem and they have to pass through Samaria. You remember the story in, in, in Luke 9, and we'll pick it up in verse 53. And they're on their way up to Samaria and Jesus sends out some guys ahead of him to go and prepare a place for them. And um, we'll pick it up in, in verse uh, 53 of, of chapter 9, Luke nine fifty three, and he says, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turns and rebukes them and says, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. And I love this, but then it says, and they went to another village. (laughs) I think there was silence on the road after that. They just, you plunker, why did you say, I told you not to say that. There was silence. I think there was just this awkward silence from then on. They thought, you know, come on, we are the men of the hour. We're going to call fire down. And Jesus rebukes them. You don't know what manner of spiritual of. I did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Church, we need to know whose we are. God is kind. Jesus didn't come to destroy mankind. He came to save mankind. Doesn't it say in John 3.16, John 3.17, for, for Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world that the world through him might be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Church, we need to remember whose we are. God is love. Love is kind. We need to be kind. You know, how many people, we've been in a number of churches now in the last 30 years, and how many people we've seen who sit in pews, or maybe Zoom calls nowadays, but not now, praise God, but who sit in pews week in, week out, and then they go home and have roast pasta for Sunday lunch. Or, oh, sister, you know, do we know what manner of spirit we have? Guys, let us not criticize and condemn and complain. Let us not destroy the work of God with our lips. Ephesians 4, verse 29 to 32. Listen to this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, for building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let, that's talking to the church. Let allow let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamour, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, with all evil intent. Put it away from you, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another if need be. If somebody's offended you, if they've hurt you, forgive them. Go and make it up with them if you need to, but forgive them. Be tender-hearted, be kind, even as God in Christ forgave you, as he forgave me. Proverbs 19.22 says, What is desired in a man is kindness. What is desired in a man is kindness, church. And I praise God because you are, you are the, the, the converted that I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to the converted because you are an awesome bunch. And you demonstrate that every time we have visitors coming to us, you guys are the, the real deal. But we need to remember that and don't, don't become familiar. Pastor Andy was talking this morning about becoming familiar. We must never allow ourselves to become familiar. Never become professional Christians. Always remember whose we are. Always remember that, that Jesus loves the people. Jesus is trying to save people. Let's not put any barriers in people's way and make it difficult for them. Let's be credible witnesses, authentic witnesses. Kindness is an attribute of God's nature and character. And therefore we find it in Galatians 5.22 because the fruit of the Spirit, it's the outworking, it's the, it's the manifestation, it's the evidence that God's Christ nature is being formed in us. And it identifies us as children of God. So how can we yield, how can we grow in this aspect of Christ's nature being formed in us? so three very brief things I'm just going to touch on them briefly and give you a few a few scriptures really um, first of all get to know God have fellowship with God get to know him for yourself for ourselves secondly be full of the Word of God get as much of the Word of God as into your into your head and let it drop down into your heart. Get as much of it inside of you as you can because that's what changes us. It's the word of God that changes us from the inside out. We've, we I know we've discussed this many times. And then choose, finally choose to walk in the spirit. Choose to be kind. Choose to walk in the spirit. So just a few scriptures there if you want to just make note of them. I'll read some of them out and and, and I think just listen to them because th- Listen to the kindness of God. I'm talking about now the first point, get to know God, have fellowship with Him. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah 9 verse 17, I'm going to read this to you, listen to this. They they refused to, to obey, and they were not mindful of your works, talking about God, that you did among them, but they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. <laughs> God, God is so good. Israel, were the, were the greatest backsliders we ever saw. As they traveled through the wilderness, they would backslide, and and, and 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 God would restore them, and they would backslide, and God, this ongoing process, over and over, for 40 years, they tried him in the wilderness. But As Nehemiah points out here, God was slow to anger, abounding in kindness, and did not forsake them. He never forsook the work of his hands, and he's not going to start now. You know what? You and I, we can miss it. We can even backslide. We're not going to, but God will never forsake you. God loves you. His kindness is towards you. Psalm 117 verse 2. Psalm 117 verse 2. For his merciful kindness is great towards us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Psalm 138 verse 2 I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified the word above all your name. You know, God has magnified his word above his name. God will not break his word. He will not contradict his word. If he says so in his word, he will not go and do something contrary to that. He has magnified his word above his name. But... but. the, the, the psalmist says here, yeah, but I will, I will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. And I really want to encourage you, church, you know, go and have a look and see why did these men and women of God, when they wrote these scriptures, talking about the loving kindness or the kindness of God, why did they write them? You know, because I'm just pulling out things here where it's talking about his kindness, but why did they write them? And and we can see from Nehemiah it was because God didn't forsake the people. And and Psalm so, um, another one here, Psalm 63, actually, verses 1 to 4, Psalm 63. Now, this was written, my Bible says this was written by David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So this is when he's been hunted by Saul like a, like a dog in the wilderness and Saul wants to kill him. And David, David writes this, he says, "O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. David found that even while he was running for his life from Saul and Saul's armies, that God's loving kindness, there was something about the loving kindness of God that was better than life itself. And church, we need to dig into that. We need to find that for ourselves. You know, read why, what did these men and women experience of God? How, did, what did they go through that they found? They came to this conclusion that God's loving kindness was better than life. We, we need to develop this relationship with God. Know God for ourselves. We also need then to be full of the word of God. Proverbs 31, verse 26. Now, Proverbs 31 is the, is the virtuous wife. And it says in verse 26 that she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Isn't that the right way to talk? Isn't that the right way for our speech to, de- to be? Didn't did Ephesians say, let, make sure that our, our, our speech is, is gracious, that, that we edify one another? On, let, 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 let kindness be, be the law that is on our tongues, church. Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer one another. Let's answer each other graciously. Let's be kind to one another. And then finally decide to be kind, decide. We can choose to be kind, because we can choose to walk in the spirit. We can choose to walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. It's our choice, let's decide. Let's make a quality decision. Before we start the day every day, today I am walking in the spirit. And you know what? If we miss it, it's okay. Just get up again and get back going again. Walk in the spirit. Don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Colossians 3 verse 12 then. Decide to be kind. Colossians three twelve. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So obviously this is written to the church. You've been forgiven by Christ. You are the holy and beloved of God. We need to choose to put on tender mercies. We need to choose to put on kindness. I love what Isaiah said. I'm just going to do, I'll give you this one here. And then I think we'll draw to a close. Isaiah, Isaiah 58 verse 6. Bear in mind that we, we started talking from Matthew where Jesus' yoke is easy. So in Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7, Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that to bring into your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, to cover them, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? This is kindness. This is what God desires. God desires... That, that we that we bear good fruit he's glorified when we are bound in that vine when we allow the life of Christ the nature of Christ to be formed in us because then we're going to be credible witnesses church then we will have credibility in the in in the world and when when we tell them about the life of God they'll say yep I've seen it in action through you so church have a good kind spirit-filled week we love you guys uh, proud of you in the right sense knowing that that what god has begun in us he will complete god bless you have a fantastic god-filled week cheers for now